Welcome to the Trucker's Mind Podcast. I'm Eddie McGee. It's your boy, K. Fings. All right, man. Episode 23. Uh, another day, another day, man. We got... Uh, got the Michael Jordan episode. Yeah. MJ. Shout out to MJ one time. Flu game. <laughs> MJ with the dance moves. <laughs> <laughs> Which one are we talking about? Jordan or Jackson? Or 23. That doesn't matter. Wow. No, <laughs> okay. I'm messing with you. I'm messing with you. <laughs> All right, man. Uh, one of the uh, uh, current events is uh, Aretha Franklin um, just recently passed, and her services were on, what was that, the other day? Um, Thursday or Friday? I don't remember what day. One of those days, but it was one of the weirdest services. Like, I watched some of the coverage when I got a chance, and I was just like, this is weird. And then, yeah. and then the 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 the, um, the bishop he grabbed Ariana Grande by her back, but he was squeezing her, and he had a little bit of titty in his hand, so he got back and titty because she little, so her back and her titty is like right. She here. got a cups too, so he yeah. had to be really reaching to get there. Yeah, he was really reaching too. He was reaching for them a cups. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. But I, honestly, let me say this. I know it, it's, that, that started off wrong. However, you shouldn't be grabbing women, making them feel uncomfortable. First, yeah. you shouldn't even be grabbing women, period. Why like, are you holding a girl at a freaking funeral? At a funeral. You got to hold her, and it's like, the church is glad to have you here. Yeah. yeah. And she was getting sexually harassed the whole night, though. Yeah, she was getting sexually harassed. And another thing, too, is it's two bad things. One, she was getting sexually harassed and grabbed by the bishop. And two, that little dress she had on was just like, you had a funeral, girl. Mm-hmm. Now, now, I'm not trying to say those two things were connecting because regardless of what she had on, she should have been grabbed up. Yeah. But what I am saying is, damn, like that, that dress was short. And she was looking pretty hot. I, even though she's skinny and small, she's looking pretty good. Yeah. I think, yeah, I won't put judgment on what she was wearing. But, you know, just she was... It was just weird. She was a, like the young girl, the young popular girl there. And you got Bill Clinton in the background. And Yeah. The only one that kept his eyes to herself was Barack Obama. Yeah, Barack Obama know what time it is, man. <laughs> Barack Obama is with the times. But all those other guys, they lived in a time where you could like, it was like rape culture, man. They could look at women and say whatever they wanted and grab them and all of that. All those older dudes, they are part of the old school rape culture, man. Like, mm-hmm. I hate to say it, but it's the truth. Mm-hmm. And a lot of dudes don't know how to act when women come around. They just don't. You know, like like I mentioned her dress. It's not to, for me to judge her, but when you think about a funeral, I'm not going to show up at a funeral with a tank top on. <laughs> you okay? As a man. But if you're a female and you show up at a funeral and, like, 90% of your legs are showing, I, like, it's just like, huh? You know where you at? Mm-hmm. But she is a performer, so maybe that was some influence. Who knows? It, it, a lot of times, a lot of these people, the singers, musicians, as public figures, aren't as self-aware as we think. You see what Madonna had on? Oh, man. Oh, my goodness. At the, at the MTV Awards? Yeah, bro. Yeah. It was like supposed to be her, like, uh, uh, she's paying her respects, supposedly, to Aretha Franklin. I've seen that same outfit on somebody pushing cans. Bruh. Pushing a basket, collecting cans. Man, so if you guys didn't pick up on that, he's saying he's seen a bum wearing it, if you didn't catch that. All right. (laughs) Yeah, man, I was just like, what the hell is going on? You know what it is, too? 
the problem with a lot of these uh, these public figures, actors, singers, whatever, mm-hmm. the, they have a bunch of people around them that agree with them. You need people in your life that are going to disagree with you, especially if you're going to do some some weird fucked up shit. Yeah, they need to tell you like, nah, nah. You need that uncle or that aunt that's going to be like, nah, that ain't that ain't cool. You know, I think that I think people disagreeing with you shapes your judgment. Yep, because if you just have a whole bunch of like, if we if we were well, we haven't had anybody like disagree with us um, in on our podcast, but mm-hmm. um, just conversations. There are people that we see in the world that are that have different opinions than us, and it kind of shapes how we talk to each other on here. Definitely, definitely. But the thing that we talked about this right before the podcast, the thing that everyone is not gifted with is self awareness. See, here's the thing. Me and Keith will be having a conversation. I'll bring something up, and Keith will be like, nah, that doesn't really make that much sense because this and this and this. Mm-hmm. And then if I feel like his point is more valid than mine, I say, you know what? You're right. Mm-hmm. And then there'd be times where I'll say something to him or vice versa, mm-hmm. and I'll say something. He'd be like, nah, oh, you're right. That makes sense. Mm-hmm. And it's like, it's sad that most people don't have this as a gift. Yeah. Like, you have to see when your shit is not adding up or sometimes just... There's inadequacies in your argument or sometimes things don't really make sense. Mm-hmm. And it, it, it may be a de- if it's just me and I say something, it's going to be a delay for me to figure it out. Mm-hmm. But if you have somebody to challenge what you say or what you do, it's even that much better. Yeah. You know, so I don't know, man. Uh, we also talked about funerals, like people making a funeral about them more <laughs> than a person that fucking died. <laughs> it's like, dude. Seriously? I think I think the the idea of celebrating someone dying there's nothing wrong with that. Exactly. But it's it's it just feels a little weird to create a concert out of yes. someone's death. Yes. And to, you know, put it on national TV and you get the, you know, the most popular singer in the world right now and Ariana Grande up there and then you sit Bill Clinton and the Obamas, like, front and center. It just feels really weird. It feels like, you know, it's a money grab. You commercialize somebody's death. Yeah. they. I, I think that they need to write, what do you call it, uh, uh, in your will or whatever, or whatever. Not your will, but you should put in your funeral, like, look, I don't want any fucking media coverage. Mm-hmm. I just want friends and family there. Or people that really care. Because if Bill Clinton or anybody is there, that doesn't mean the cameras need to be there. Yeah. They need to keep that shit out. Because that's when the cameras, when the cameras come into play, that's when people like really start showing out. Yeah. I don't want, like, if I happen to be like some musician of notoriety, I don't want little whatever in 2060 doing a doing a cover of my song like it just feels weird yeah, yeah that's weird <laughs> i may not even have liked that person in like aretha franklin didn't like any singers they would always ask her about like oh what do you think about this person oh what do you think about alicia keys and she didn't like none of them she would always be like give these backhanded compliments like oh she has beautiful skin or oh she has nice teeth it's like that ain't got nothing to do with her singing so basically she's saying i don't think any of these new artists can sing so yeah, Man, that's kind of fucked up, actually. Yeah, it's, it was a little much. I was like, "Come on now!" Like, read yeah. the Franklin. Like, obviously, you're you know an amazing singer, 
and vocalist, but like there's some people out there that can sing, you know, comparable to you. Like Definitely. You're not, you're not like, you know, you're not the only one that could sing like that. The unfortunate thing about people when they pass is you start to, anybody who passes leaves a legacy behind. Mm-hmm. And how they dealt with situations and the things they said or done, they all come to the light. Mm-hmm. So I, my thing is, if, if you don't have anything good to say about another singer, it says a lot about you. I mean, they, they, there's there's a thing with those older singers, though. Like, I think that there's there's certain artists that embrace the younger generations. Yeah. And then there's certain artists that were always like. The the people that embrace the younger generations are tend tend to be the more successful ones and have longer careers. Yeah. And then the ones that were kinda trying to combat these newer people, um, however the way they went about their business. Like you got people like Aretha Franklin and and Prince and I can't think of any other right now, but those two were the like those people that were like, Oh, I don't like you would see Prince and they were doing covers of his songs and he would be turning up his face and saying yeah. like, you know, I'm a real musician. I don't compare myself to these newer people. And you just yeah, like, but it's like, this is the problem I have with that. Somebody, so, <clears throat> excuse me. Somebody gave you a chance. Yeah. You were a new act like yeah. everyone else. Mm-hmm. That The problem I have, even when, especially when it comes to hip hop, is you hear like old artists like throwing shade or dissing them or saying something. And they'd be like, they ain't talking about nothing and, mm-hmm. you know, these new rappers, this and that. Well, first and foremost, like, that is the biggest crock of shit ever. What well, the problem is, is we don't relate to these guys. Mm-hmm. We can't relate to these young these young kids, and that's the biggest issue. Because yeah. when Snoop Dogg and all them came out, they they talk, they was talk, it wasn't talking about shit. They weren't being positive. They exactly. Were, it's like, calm down. And Eminem was going at, like, a couple other people on his album. I'm thinking, like, Eminem. The young Eminem was talking about bullshit. Yeah, I don't know. Eminem probably made like two songs that were really about something. Yeah. All the other stuff was, hi, my name is, my name is, I'm, I'm yeah. going to kill my mom in the back of a <laughs> truck, throw her in the basement, put her in it. I'm like, yo, bro, like that shit would not get radio play today at yeah. all because it was too controversial. Mm-hmm. You know, so it's like, dude, it's crazy how a dude like Eminem, like all of a sudden turned into Joe Budden. Yeah. Like, uh, no. Mm-hmm. Like, you wasn't talking about shit. Or they said, like, uh, uh, the old school rappers with the drug dealers. Now these is the drug users. And it's like, dude, seriously? Bobby Brown was using drugs. Dude, there's no difference between a drug user and a, and a, and a drug dealer. You mm-hmm. both going to end up in fucking jail or dead. So yeah. it's like, what sense does that even make? I don't think, I don't think, I don't agree with that, though. I think that the narrative... Is always going to be that. But DMX, like, you know, he'd been doing lines since he was probably before he was a teenager. Yeah. He yeah. just looked, yeah, he looked crazy. Yeah, now. <laughs> yeah, definitely now, man. He'd been to prison many, multiple times. Yeah. So it's like, I don't know, people have this selective, uh, selective outrage. Yeah. You know, they want to pick and choose, like, oh, I don't like Lil Pump because of this and that. I don't like Lil Pump because I don't relate to his music. Mm-hmm. But if I was looking at what he said and I realized it didn't make sense, I could look at a million Snoop Dogg songs, a million Eminem songs, Ice Cube songs, on and on and on of yeah. these rappers that aren't talking about shit. Yeah. So it's like it's just the wrong genre to really do that. Now, there's certain artists that do talk. I say Common is a very conscious rapper. I think, I think though, like Common is one artist that I just think that 
all of these guys have their their moments when they're talking about like real life issues. Yeah. Um, some just have them more than other, others. Mm-hmm. Like Common, you know, his whole album would probably be, mm-hmm. you know, about worldly issues, about what's going on in Chicago, yeah. about politics and stuff like that. And then somebody like Snoop Dogg may have one track on his album that's like that, or, you know, he may drop a whole project, a reggae project that's like really about like, you know, certain topics. But like even Ice Cube, he always had like a conscious element to some of the stuff he was saying, even back yeah. in the NWA days, you know, just talking yeah. about police brutality. So it's like, as much as like we can say um, that these people are not rapping about anything, a lot of that is based on like the single. If we kind of sift through the album, we'll see that there are you know a lot a lot more layers to people. I'm not saying I don't know what Little Pump's album sounds like. Yeah, um, you can. but but yeah, you gotta you gotta you gotta sift through the whole album to see see what's going on. And and what is like. What is '90s R&B about? Is it really about something? Ah, oh, this nigga Jeez. always got his cell phone. Jeez on. Louise! <laughs> oh my goodness! <laughs> I thought I had my phone on vibrate, man. That one was loud too. Yeah, it is. Boom, 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 boom. Shit, shit, sound like a vibrator. Women really be using that shit too. The vibrators. Yeah, we can't stand up to that, man. Yeah, I don't vibrate. Yeah. <laughs> My body works normal. <laughs> She's like, you know what? I need a real man to vibrate. You on your way out, you just hear that mug. Mm. <laughs> you think you really you really think you tore it up too. And you'd be like, all right, girl, I'll catch you later. All right. Then before you close the door, you check your phone to see if your phone vibrating, like, but it's not. That wasn't my phone. She just in there like, ah, uh, uh, uh. <laughs> Like, damn, she got another nigga in there? <laughs> oh, she got... His name is Vibrandre. <laughs> <laughs> she got the Pocket Rocket 3000 in there. <laughs> remember, uh, remember Mike F said, he's like, I hope your battery died. Like, yeah, 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 yeah. <laughs> oh, oh man yeah. all right enough, enough of that man enough of yeah that. What, what i was saying was though that like as much as as much as we want to act like um music back in the 90s or the 80s or whatever the case may be was really about something there's all sorts of um, songs that we could pull up that was just complete nonsense. Oh, a million of them. Yeah, so Tupac, don't act like, you Tupac know. Being, Tupac was talking about some real shit, but he was talking about some bullshit a mm-hmm. lot of times. Mm-hmm. A lot. Yeah. And the the thing with Tupac, too, is like, he did have those songs, but I think even early on, he had songs that were more conscious. Like, he was, his first albums... When he was still like 18 years old, 19 years old, he was really rapping about stuff. And then he kind of got caught in this, like, I don't know what you would call it, but when he was getting more popular and he was on death row and stuff like that, those songs weren't, you know, really about anything. Yeah. Um, but, you know, it's just like people are, people are humans. So as much as me and Eddie can speak on, you know, politics or what, you know, the black community needs to do to get better or 
whatever the case may be, we also may, you know, joke about, you know, certain stuff. And it's all, you know, it's all in the same, it's all in the same person. Yeah, but I think what's a lot different about us is we don't claim to be these righteous people. We don't ever, like, be like, yeah, you know, blah, blah, blah. I'm just talking about rappers, though. Rappers only? I don't think rappers claim that either. Nah, they don't claim to be righteous people, but Snoop Dogg Mm -hmm. just made a Christian album. Yeah, that nigga Snoop is crazy. Yeah, he tripping like, Jesus Christ, let's smoke this blunt. <laughs> yeah. No. <laughs> smoke a little bit of weed with Jesus Christ. <laughs> Roll it up. I mean, Snoop strikes me as the type of dude to make up his own like area in the Bible. Ah. Oh. It'll be like... uh Cushberry, uh, Cushberry, uh, Corinthians five seven, Cushrinthians. <laughs> I don't get the Christian album. I don't get it. I never. I haven't even listened to it. You know. Yeah. Uh, but you know, when I get a chance, I'll do it just to hear, just to, you know before I just actually tune out. Yeah. I, one thing I will say is though, there's a, there's some sort of power in, um, like if you want to, some people. Some people will look to a Tupac for some sort of light um, to bring them a little bit of hope, I guess you would say. Because yeah. Tupac will quote a lot of Bible scriptures and talk about God and stuff in his songs. So I guess however the message gets out there, you know, more power to you. But it, it, it is kind of weird that somebody like Tupac, you know, I mean, not somebody like Snoop Dogg would release a Christian album when he made Doggy Style. And then you just, and then he just did, he dissed the president not too long ago. So it's like, yeah. I don't know, like, I don't know. It, it goes back to what we talk about almost every single podcast self awareness. It's like you just putting yourself in so many different positions and nobody checking you. Yeah. Like, you got to check yourself sometimes. Like, you just in every lane. He went from doggy style to missionary. <laughs> <laughs> Hey, this nigga did uh, doggy style missionary reverse cowgirl. Uh, what, what, what the the I don't know what the proper term of like kneeling to pray is. The the prayer I don't know. I don't know, man. I, you lost me. Let's man. probably let's skate over that. Yeah, let's let's, let's hop yeah. over that. Keith didn't say that. Yeah, I did. we're gonna bleep that out. <laughs> All right, man. Let's move <clears throat> along. Yeah. Question I have. Do nice guys finish last? Do they finish last? Mm-hmm. Um, I'll give you my uh, outlook on that. Um, I say yes and no. Yeah. If you're genuinely a nice person, you can't change that because that's who you are. Mm-hmm. Okay? So don't allow women that don't respect that to turn you into something else. Because a lot of times, the reason why they feel that nice guys finish last because the nice guy is the one that's in the friend zone. The yeah. nice guy is the one that, that gives the good morning text. The nice guy is the one that's doing all the right things for the wrong woman. Mm-hmm. Okay? So, no. Uh, and I will say no. Because if you're a nice guy but you're self-aware, you, are, you realize who you can be nice to. Mm-hmm. Like, it's not like you're treating women wrong. But if you realize you're a nice person, you're not going to be doing a whole bunch of good, nice shit for mm-hmm. a woman that ain't going to respect it. Because mm-hmm. honestly, if you ever if you ever look at some of um, the people you grow up with that don't know how to treat women, 
they the ones that be getting the most ass. Yeah. And it's the truth. Mm-hmm. Women will give that ass up to a guy that don't respect them before that nice guy. And the reason why that is is because they're not ready for that nice guy. Mm-hmm. Typically, a woman will settle down with that guy, but that's not until they've been dogged out by a million guys that don't know how to treat them. Yeah. The nice guy gets chose second. Mm-hmm. And a lot of people don't realize that. And and growing up, man, um, I used to be a really just extra nice guy because I thought that's what women wanted. Yeah. So I was just like, hey, what's going on? Like, hey, you know, if you ever want to hang out or blah, blah, blah. Women think that that shit is just an act. Yeah. They feel that a real guy is a dickhead. <laughs> Honestly, they think that a guy that's disrespectful is keeping it real. That image that popped in my head was just hilarious right now. What's that? <laughs> this is a penis sitting on somebody's head. Ah! <laughs> <laughs> a dickhead. <laughs> yeah, man. Uh, typically, the guy that don't know how to respect women, maybe might be a little above average in looks. Yeah. They always fall for it because they think he's keeping it real. And they say, men are just assholes. Like, no, you can't generalize all men because of the ones you gravitate to. Mm-hmm. You know, you, you got to realize there are actually really good guys out there. But you and the funny thing is, I know women come across a lot of these guys, a lot of guys that are cool, that text them good morning, that actually mean it. But they're not ready for that yet. Yeah. So that's the problem. So nice guys. Do they finish last? That's still up for the for debate here. Let's let's Keith weigh in on this. I I think that sort of along the lines of what you were saying, but I think that if it's genuine, you'll always win. Yeah. So if generally, like you know, you can be a nice guy, and you can text a person good morning every day. You can, you know, get a person flowers and in in this, and if. If you don't get anything out of it, you'll still be okay because that's just in your heart. You know what I mean? It's not like there's no end goal in mind. You're doing it for self-fulfillment. There you go. If you're doing if you're doing this nice act like texting a girl good morning every day and, you know, constantly, you know, checking on her, seeing how she's doing, buying her lunch and stuff. But it's just to, like, be her boyfriend or to get in her pants or something like that. You you know, there's no way, you know, there's a 50-50 chance that it may end up bad. <clears throat> oh, yeah. But if you're just going into it with a good heart and you're doing things, you know, um, like I said earlier, just for self-fulfillment, it, it, it can't go wrong because how, whatever the result will be, you'll be okay because that's just you. That's it. You yeah, know, yeah, that girl is going to move on and you're going to do this again to the next person that you yes. come across. So um, that's just kind of my idea. But but if it's if it's an act, though, you know, that that's when you can really lose because that's when, you know, we we, you know, like we talked about, like generally these girls don't like these nice guys. They don't like, you know, someone constantly badgering them and Mm -hmm. constantly doing these amazingly nice things for them. Um, So, yeah, that's just kind of my take on it. That was an amazing point. It, but I'll say this. Those guys that act all nice just to try to get some ass, that's lame. You don't got to be the nicest motherfucker to get some ass. Yeah. All you got to do is be yourself and be yeah. very forward. Be blunt. But don't say, hey, I want some pussy. That's very, that's too forward. Yeah. Just be yourself. Be cool. But mm-hmm. lying to a woman is, by being nice, that's the most underhanded shit you could do. 
Yeah. That's fake nice. Mm-hmm. You know, you being fake nice just to get some ass, and all you're going to do is, is just be gone. Man, I know some dudes that have been dealing with, like, five chicks at one time and telling them all they loved them. Yeah. Oh, I love you, too. Hey, I love you. Hey, dang, you're beautiful. Every single girl the same. And they think this guy is fucking awesome. Mm-hmm. And typically, this guy has the same traits. Maybe a, above average in looks. You know, uh, probably dresses nice, probably has a nice car, maybe has a pretty good job. Mm -hmm. And it's like, this guy is the version of what every woman thinks they want. Yeah. And a lot of times women are pressured by their peers to have somebody they can show off. So even if this guy is a fucking douchebag, if he, if they have this vision in their mind of what this man is, they're going to choose this dude. Mm -hmm. Even if he's a piece of dog shit, they're going to choose this motherfucker and he's going to dog them out. And then they're, and then after they get dogged out, they're like, oh, my God, these men just make me sick. They're liars, this yeah. and that. It's like, no. No, it's not. that's not the case. Mm-hmm. You actually had a motherfucker that was being kind to you genuinely, and you put him on the back burner, and you got with this liar mm-hmm. because you thought that, I don't know. There, it's two ways because it's two ways. A lot of times guys are just douchebags. Mm-hmm. And then a woman is just not aware of what she's doing. So it's like a perfect marriage of just bullshit. Do you think guys are the same way? Like, do guys like girls that treat them terribly? Definitely. Definitely. I, but I think what it is, too, is is men have... A, I wouldn't say it's exactly the same, but it's, it's, it's almost the same. Where some men think, like, I love crazy women. No, you don't. That's cr- that is crazy. It's like I don't want to be around a crazy chick. I work too hard in my personal life to come home to some chick that's crazy. Mm-hmm. Especially if she ain't cooking. It's like <laughs> you ain't cooking, and you crazy. You better do something right. Like, it, don't use that knife to stab me. Use that knife to cut some meat or something. <laughs> 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 oh, give me tacos, not a restraining order. <laughs> Fuck. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, man. It, yeah, yeah. Some men have the same like same weird way of thinking, mm-hmm. where they figure like a woman is crazy, like a woman is crazy that's like ready to stab you. She really loves you, bro. I'll be like, uh... what? No, she don't love you. <laughs> Call the fucking police. <laughs> this is I don't know. It, it's horrible. Yeah. You, you know what else, too? This is another problem. This is kind of unrelated, but it is. We live in a world full of people in pain. Mm-hmm. They are in pain. The average <clears throat> person is in pain. Mm-hmm. It's like they're in a rush to hurt each other. Like, I'm going to hurt you before you hurt me type of shit. Yeah. So, so many different elements to this, mm-hmm. you know. Um, but being a nice person in general, this is about nice guys, but being a nice person in general in today's world it's it's harder to get by because more people have gotten by by not being nice. Mm-hmm. So to your point, you said if you, that's genuinely you, you're going to win. I say you're going to win in, in, the, in the long run, you're going to win. But, man, it, it's tough. Yeah, it's it's uh, it's hard. I think we're so used to seeing people that are like the Donald Trumps of the world prospering. And yeah, um, even the guy. That show Shark Tank, uh, Mr. Wonderful, he's kind of like, you know, he's kind of like uh, a douchebag on the show. He's, you know, telling people that they're not going to be successful. And 
stuff like that. And, you know, he's multimillionaire. Um, yeah. So, yeah, I think we just grow accustomed to seeing people that aren't nice to actually do well in life. Yeah. Yeah. It, that's crazy. Mm-hmm. You know, but the thing, too, about nice people, they kind of have other character issues that allow them to just sink instead of prosper. Mm-hmm. I think if you're a nice guy, you can, but you have to kind of toe the line a bit. You got to know when to be a firm person. Mm-hmm. Okay, like, for example, uh, if let's say you're pursuing a woman and let's say you don't want anything serious. You can still be a nice guy and get laid. I know it sounds like a horrible thing to say, but like, let's be realistic. Everybody's having sex out here. So <laughs> if that's what you want and you don't want to take somebody serious, you have to have more than just the nice guy doing everything right and being super nice. You got to know when to turn that off and on with certain women. You can't be this super nice, give you flowers motherfucker to every woman you meet because not all of them are going to be receptive to that. Mm-hmm. So you got to know when and and it's not you're not being fake by turning that off and on. It's just you having control over your emotions. Mm-hmm. You you can't be the, the same, have the same emotional investment in every woman you meet because you're going to be a real unhappy motherfucker. Mm-hmm. Like, <laughs> you're going to have chicks stomping on you and just walking off. Leaving you for other guys. Yeah. I think even outside of the like the relationship realm, just in 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 business, I think Gary Vee talks about this all the time. About how he he's just like genuine all the time. He's just a genuinely nice person all the time. And he feels that him putting that energy out there will always um will always come back to him. So him taking the time to have a conversation with a fan or, you know, drop a little gem on, you know, just a casual person walking down the street. He feels that that's like an investment and that will come back, you know, somehow in the future. Yeah. Um, and, and benefit him. So if we kind of live by that idea, that's kind of like what I do, you know, personally, I'm always trying to help people out. Like, you know, I'll record some videos for someone or, I'll, you know, help someone with a song. I'll send someone some music or, you know, whatever the case may be. I just try to do, like, people that I actually care about. Definitely. And, um, you know, I just try to do, like, nice things for them because I know, like, one example is um, my friend Tim. Like, I shoot a lot of, uh, he does, he, he trains basketball players. And I shoot a lot of videos for him. And as much as I'm helping him out, I'm also helping myself. Because Definitely. I want to shoot a... Uh, a movie based on basketball. So by the time I actually start shooting my movie, I'd be like, oh, I already know how this is supposed to look. Okay, I, I filmed this um, last summer, so I know, you know, what angle I wanted to have here or, you know, how to shoot this um, here. And it's, you know, I just have like a mental bank of all the times I went and helped him out. So definitely, that's kind of... Yeah, I mean, yeah, you're, exactly. You're helping him, but you're helping yourself. On top of that, just making that investment in anyone, being mm-hmm. genuinely a good-hearted person, that shit does come back. Yeah. It could be a time where you're like, fuck, you know what? I give up on this. Like, I got to find something else. And then all of a sudden, the person that you did a favor for fucking five years ago, yeah. they pop up like, hey, uh, Keith, you ever been interested in this and this and that? Yeah. Because what happens is, is you're the first person on the radar mm-hmm. when something happens. And it's happened to me before. Yeah. So I love investing in people, not only because it's something that I genuinely like doing, mm-hmm. but that shit pays you back. Yeah. And it's not like I'm waiting to get paid back. I just It's just putting good energy out. Yeah. You know? I think Charlemagne talks about that a lot. Just invest. Like a lot of people... 
that you see around him. There was even a girl that came onto the show. She's a screenwriter. And yeah. she put his business like out to the world. Yeah, she was like, he paid my rent. Yeah. And he was like, hold on. Yeah. <laughs> don't, be, don't be saying that. But at the same time, you know, he 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 genuinely believed in her. He thought she was a talented writer. And um, you know, he he what you know, to him, however much the rent was, probably, you know, it probably didn't even yeah. you know, hurt him at all. But he just felt like you know, for himself, like it would be good for him, himself to, you know, do that for somebody that he feels could be successful. Definitely. And she uh, co-wrote This Is Us, correct? Yeah. yeah. She wrote, yeah. She wrote, um, I think, one, a couple episodes on that show. That was a, that's a damn good show, by the way. Yeah, that show is like, at first I thought, when I, when I first, before I watched it, I thought it was like, um, I have my, these two aunts and they like a certain style of TV which is like this like cookie cutter kind of like corny white people TV shows and um ouch <laughs> and I just kind of associated that with them but um I actually watched it and I was like oh this is pretty good um yeah. so yeah it's it like was a really good show it was it's like a um it's, I don't know. It's, it's a it's a lot of different connecting stories. Yeah, you know the adopted. It's the the black dude was adopted by uh, the the mom and the dad, and then he had a, a, a adopted brother. Yeah, that was white, and I guess they had like like they they. It's not that they favored the black kid more, but he was always like the good son. Mm-hmm. You know. It's just, it's just a really good storyline. I don't know. It's just really yeah. You get the dynamics. It's like the twin twin brother and sister and then you got the black kid that was adopted and he was like good in school yeah. and you know he just kind of the, the parents catered to him a little bit more yeah he went on to you know be successful in life they were all they're all pretty successful yeah but it's just like the, everyone has their own problems it's just real life you know what i mean yeah then you got the, the yeah the mom she just i don't know i can't for i can't forgive the mom Ah oh, man, I, I'm I'm behind on the show. Oh, okay. I don't want to ruin it for nobody, All but right. stop, stop. Shout man. out to the moms. Stop it, Keith. All right. Spreading, no, their, <laughs> spreading their seed around. Oh fine. man. <laughs> All right. Well, to the main point, um I, I we can't there's not there's no clear indication that nice guys finish last. If you say they finish last, it's more or less because there's this this perception of, you know, the nice guy doesn't get the girl type of thing. And that's that's inaccurate. Mm-hmm. I got some buddies that are really genuine nice guys. Kind of got played for a while. And they ended up getting married to an awesome woman. Mm-hmm. It's all about that energy. If you're genuinely a nice person, that shit's going to come back. It may not be two years, may not be two months, whatever it is, but it's going to come back. Because, you know, one thing I will say is this, and I don't think this is going to sound pretty like, I don't know, kind of off. A lot of people, won't dis- they'll probably disagree. I think, in a way, women do realize when men are genuine and when they're not. It's just that if they're ready for that or not. Mm-hmm. I think that if there's, there's, like, a guy that's a really genuinely cool guy, men do the same shit. Mm-hmm. There'll be a woman that's, like, she's probably ready to settle down type, like, right now. Mm-hmm. And a guy's like, oh, she's cool, but, like, I ain't ready for that. And then they'll go and literally catch feelings for a chick that ain't no good. Yeah. And women do the same shit. Mm-hmm. So, uh if you're nice, in a, in a nutshell, if you're a nice person, genuinely, then continue that. Mm-hmm. Don't let anyone compromise who you are to try to keep up with the times. Yeah. You know, there is a huge shortage of good people in this world. And uh, you'd be doing yourself a huge disservice by taking a back seat. 
Yeah. Be you and you'll always finish first. Yeah. Well, it's not, I don't know. You don't want to finish first in the bedroom, no. You wow. Keep, you keep coming too fast. <laughs> then you'll be the, you, you'll finish, you got to finish last in that case. Oh, okay. <laughs> if you can hear the crickets in the background. <laughs> all right, all right, all right. <laughs> all right. To the next topic, moving along. Trusting people. Do you trust people? And if you do trust them, there is really no, like, percentage of trust. You either trust them or you don't. Mm -hmm. We talked about this recently, Keith. Yeah. Regardless of what type of relationship it is, if it's a business relationship with a boss or um, someone of that stature, or it's a relationship, Mm -hmm. it's like... Trusting someone is like surrender. Yeah. Like you're surrendering yourself and you're like, you know what? What's going to happen is going to happen. But most people can't do that, Mm -hmm. which makes it tough. I once heard somebody say like, like I love some, like you can love someone without trusting them. And I'm thinking like that is the most idiotic shit I ever heard. Yeah, I don't know about that. Nah, without trust, there is no love. Mm-hmm. You can't say you love somebody, but then you always checking their phone. You always following them. You always looking through their social media. You don't trust them. That's not love. That's dysfunction. Yeah. You can't make this a dysfunctional situation into love. Yeah. You can't. You can't say like, oh, I trust my boss or I trust my colleagues to make the right business decision. But you checking all through the documents. You always looking at this. You always looking at that. You don't trust them. Mm -hmm. You just that's a terrible place to be in. Yeah, I think I think you can love someone without trusting them. I just think it's like counterproductive. So, like you said, if if you're in a relationship and you're, you know, always constantly checking someone's phone and, you know, making sure they're not texting other people, or even if it's business, if you're, um, well, that's not, you wouldn't love someone in business, but (laughs) (laughs) just in a relationship, yeah, like, it's just kind of, it just doesn't, it it doesn't work. It's just too much, it's just boils down to a whole bunch of stress, unnecessary stress. Exactly. That's a great point. Mm Mm-hmm. Yeah, you're stressing yourself out. Mm-hmm. You know, what I would say is this, and this is going to sound kind of foolish. I say you should trust someone, but you still need to retain that 10%. And yeah. what I mean by that is this, trusting someone is important, but keeping that 10% of reality is very important because if shit goes wrong, then you need to be ready for it. Mm-hmm. Like Otherwise, you're going to be just shocked. Like, oh, my God, I can't believe my wife cheated on me. But if you kept that 10%, that would have helped you out. Like, you know what? As much as I know I love her, she loves me. If some shit goes south, she's human, mm-hmm. you know? And that shit can fuck people up. Mm-hmm. But you, it's just, it's, it's horrible. Trusting somebody is literally surrender. The, the best analogy for the trust is that game where you fall back and you have to have someone catching you. Yeah. Like, that's like the perfect microcosm of like trust um i think we all in in life you have to trust people um all the time like you can't walk around not trusting people because you have to if 
you know, if Eddie's at work, he has to trust that the next person is going to come or, you know, the next person is going to be back in time for him to start working or whatever the case may be. Or, you know, if you're, you know, relying on someone to pick you up for work, like you got to, you know, make sure they get there on time and you have to trust that they would do it. Or, you know, if you're a roommates with someone, you have to trust that they'll have the rent at the end of the month. So mm. just all throughout life, we have to, we have to um, learn to trust people. But I think, I think there are certain situations that um, you can avoid simply by um, checking certain character flaws at the window. So making sure, like, you know this person before you're going into a situation where you have very to trust true. them. Very trust true. Someone. I think, I think, I think this, this kind of topic kind of came up because uh, I was talking to Eddie and I was telling him, like, we have a manager for um, the Finesse Entertainment we have a manager and um, at first, just, you know, just me being a human being, I was skeptical of this person and he seemed like a good guy. But at the same time, like if you're going into a situation already believing that, you know, this guy is just out to get money from us or this guy is just out to try to, you know, get rich off of our name, you know, you're you're going to start thinking of every little thing that he's doing, like, oh, he's just trying to. You know, he's just trying to finagle his way in there so he can get like 20 percent of this deal or whatever the case may be. And so everything starts to look a little bit a little bit tricky. And um, so like certain situations happened and like he just, you know, sat us down and started talking to us. And he was like, you guys need to do this. You guys need to do this. And he was like, honestly, like, I'm not trying to get rich off of you guys. He's like, I just want to like all of us to prosper and, you know, he said that in so many words and it and it genuinely hit me like, oh, this dude genuinely like cares about us as people and he's not trying to get rich off of us or trying to use us in any sort of way. So um, um, he just showed me like, yo, like I should really I shouldn't have had like that's a healthy skepticism to, you know, not fully trust someone. But after he showed me that, I was like, oh, OK, this dude is a solid person. And I don't have to worry about him trying to, you know, screw us over in the end. Yeah. Well, one thing with people, this is another thing. Trust takes time. Yeah. Trust takes time. I think that depending on those situations, whether it be a business or, you know, a relationship, that shit's going to take time. You're going to have to see how they react in certain situations. You're going to have to know that they are behaving the same way in your presence when they're away from your presence. Because mm-hmm. a person can love you to your face. Mm-hmm. That's easy. Mm-hmm. But when they're away from you and some guy's all in their face and they're flirting with them when you're not around, then that's a whole nother fucking story. Yeah. Or, you know, you got a business manager and, you know, he's saying, I'm not trying to get rich off you. And then all of a sudden that check come mm-hmm. and that whole fucking shit changes. Mm-hmm. Now it's like, wait a minute. I am trying to get rich. Off you. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> It it, tr- it trust man. It's like it's like I don't know if anybody plays Street Fighter. Most people have, mm-hmm. but it's almost like those energy bars at the top of the screen. Yeah, like little by little, you gain trust in people. Yeah, you know, although the energy bars are reducing as you're fighting and getting hit, mm-hmm. it's like imagine it the other way around, mm-hmm. where you are building up that trust. Yeah, and that's the only way. Like I, it's crazy. There's certain things that there are things I would trust telling Keith before I tell anyone. Mm-hmm. 
just because I've known him more than half his life and that I know there wouldn't be whether it be it wouldn't be no more or less it'd be a conversation piece mm-hmm. give you some perspective but you can't even trust you can't even trust to tell people stuff nowadays they're gonna mm-hmm. fucking screenshot it I like guess it's, yeah, it's crazy yeah trusting people is a big deal yeah you could like you could text a chick good morning and you see it got screenshotted you'd be like what dang yeah what is this for? Mm-hmm. You're like, oh, nothing. I just like the screenshot stuff. I'll be like, man, I ain't never hitting you back again. I just have a, a library of the craziest things guys have said that said to them. Yeah, which is weird. It's weird. It's yeah. like it's almost like they thrive off it. Yeah. It's like what? <laughs> it's like, I don't know, man. It, it all this is tying into one main point. Trust is, is a hard thing to yeah. accomplish. Yeah. And if you have people in your life that you can trust, then you should be thankful for them. Whether it's your husband, wife, kids, family. Because, man, mm-hmm. if you just out here in this world without genuine people around yeah. and you tell them something, all your business going to be in the street. If you're in a relationship, I wouldn't say a relationship, but if you're talking to a person and you guys are kind of just getting to know each other and you've realized that you guys only talk on Snapchat, that probably means that there's no trust in there. Oh, if definitely. Yeah, if there's a certain amount of trust it even takes to give your actual phone number out. Oh, definitely. Because, you know, those Snapchats, the, you send something, it's gone, you know, within a day, or it's gone right after you open it. So, yeah. Yeah, that's a very good point as well. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I, the, the trust is hard to come by. Mm-hmm. And sometimes another thing too, when you when you, whenever you let's say you're meeting somebody, mm-hmm. you shouldn't just open up about a bunch of shit right there. Yeah, you need to wait till you know people before you start opening up and saying shit. Because mm-hmm. that's a big mistake a lot of people make. They're like, oh, I did this and this and blah blah. You just literally just just told your whole life story to a motherfucker you just met. Yeah, and then now you were putting it in their hands not to say something. Like that's a bad <laughs> that's a bad mistake yeah don't tell me that because i'm gonna just go tell eddie <laughs> but see that's different though <laughs> that's different though man i mean i've told you shit that i ain't told nobody either but the thing about it is like when you trust people and you say something that's where it stops yeah it ain't gonna be like somebody walking up the street like, "Are hey, you heard what happened to Keith? Yeah, Eddie told me, man." <laughs> You're like, nah, that's that's it. Yeah. So that's another thing too. Like, even as adults, it's important to like when people know you ain't gonna say stuff. Yeah. That's important. Mm-hmm. You know, but mm-hmm. I'm gonna say something at least to Keith. That's probably good because women. It's some women that don't say nothing. They keep stuff private, but they yeah. always got that homegirl they're gonna talk to. Yeah. Or that that first cousin or something they're gonna talk to. Yeah. Yeah, so there's everybody going day one, day day one. Yeah, everybody going to talk. Yeah. Yeah. You just don't, yeah. Hopefully the news is good. You don't want, you know, bad news circulating. They're like, "Oh, girl, so how was Keith? Oh, Keith was good, but I had to use my vibrator after I was." Ah. <laughs> that probably happened two times. <laughs> I mean, LeBron James didn't win every championship. <laughs> That'd be crazy. Le- LeBron, LeBron James leave the bedroom and his wife be like, hey. <laughs> oh, dang, that's terrible, man. Yeah, LeBron, 
Hey, I'm not. Ju- but first, let's make it clear. I'm not trying to. Um, I'm not trying to uh, uh, vibrate shame women. Uh, <laughs> you want to use your vibrators? It's okay. I'm not judging you. Vibrating shame? Yeah, we don't vibrate shame to women, man. That's real. There's some strong women out there that don't need a man. You know, oh, that's real. All they yeah. need is some double A batteries. Yep. Some strong double A batteries. Yeah, some energizers. Them shits be like. <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, I think some people have too much pride. Yeah, kids be knocking on the door. Mommy! Mom, there ain't no batteries in the remote. (laughs) (laughs) I can't watch cartoons. I'm tired of changing it with my hands. (laughs) Remember you lost the remote on your old TV? You always had to get up to change the channel? Oh, man, I was the fucking remote. Yeah, your dad. Your, your dad always oh trying. Oh yeah. my god, it was so let's annoying. Talk about, hold on, let's talk about lazy dads. Always trying to, <laughs> to always trying to get us to change the channel. <laughs> oh man, it, it, what's funny is is back in uh, let's say the early, early no early eighties, nineties, or mid eighties and nineties, they had those TVs that you sat uh, on the ground. Mm-hmm. And the thing about it was those big square TVs. When they, whenever they, they always had these flimsy fucking things, the, the the channel changer that was on the TV. Yeah. They came with a big ass square remote, but somehow that big remote got lost or it just fucking broke. Yeah. So my dad would have me get a he would get a pair of pliers, put it on the knob, and when you change it, it changed hard like. <laughs> I'm like yo. <laughs> You had the pliers on the TV. I had the pliers. Oh, that's and then, so hood. And then when the TV broke, we just put another TV on top of the TV. Ah. <laughs> just have a tree of TVs. It, it's funny when you change them between channels. It changed like it was about to blow the fucking TV up. Yeah. Like I'm with everyone. This weekend on 45 News, we got. You be like, damn. Ah, oh, that's comedy, man. TV sound like a terrorist attempt, man. I remember. I remember that transition from. Flat screen, like when the flat screens really got popping, and we was too poor to actually get a flat screen. So same here. Yeah, all, all you know, all your friends had the flat screens at their house, and they would come over and just be looking at you kind of crazy. You're like, oh man, you ain't got the nut. Oh, we can't play the game on this. I'll be like, man, <laughs> go back home then. Where the HDMI cord go? Like, ain't no HDMI. Nah, no, brother, we ain't got one of those. You got that cord with the, the, the red, yellow, and white ah, plug-in? The one for the sound and then the one for the actual video. Yeah, and yeah. You, you plug it in and, it, and then the screen be having all kind of pixelation in it. Mm-hmm. You remember you would plug it in the wrong way and it would just be, it would be all bad. <clears throat> yeah. Well. Good times, man. Yeah, good times, man. Sometimes I wish I could like go back in time and just, you know. I don't know, man. If I went back in time, I'd just be laughing. Yeah. I'd be like, this is what y'all got? Yeah, <laughs> like this one. Yeah, you got a Super Nintendo. This nigga still got a Super Nintendo. Yeah, I do. Actually, I do. I mm-hmm. bought one from Walmart. Mm-hmm. They're back out, but they're hard to find. Yeah. So, well, moving along, moving along. Mm-hmm. Getting back to your roots. Getting so back to you know the perfect lead-in. Yeah, exactly. Mm-hmm. Okay. Everybody has a root, like, I don't say it. Everybody has something that they're drawn back to. Like, it could be family. 
It could be a, a town that you're from. You could move to like Michigan, but you're from Bakersfield. Mm-hmm. And you get caught up in life, working and staying busy and doing that. And you realize you haven't seen your family in like a year and a half, two years. Yeah. And it's like once you get back to that family dynamic, like you get back, it's like you just back to your roots. It's like a, it's like a refresh. Like mm-hmm. you feel refreshed. Yesterday I went to a family reunion, man, and I just felt this, it just, this overwhelming feeling of nostalgia, like this nostalgic feeling just came over me with family and the music and the food. And it's like I needed that. Mm-hmm. And it's not like I needed the food. The food was good, though. But it's like <laughs> I just needed that feeling again. Yeah. You know, growing up with that, man, growing up with that all those years. And then now, you know, being busy and I, I mean, I work a pretty demanding schedule, you know, Monday through Friday, I'm out and I work pretty long days a lot of times. And you just got to get back to your roots, man. Find out, you know, it's, it's basically like it's almost like putting on a jetpack. Yeah. You know, you, you, you finally stop and you get back to the things that made you happy at one time. Mm hmm. And this makes you feel good about where you are. Yeah. You know, self-reflection. I think sometimes we get so caught up in working and trying to better yourself and um, just trying to survive that, you know, we, we kind of lose sight of those simple things as simple things of, you know, going to visit your grandma and, you know, just going to those family gatherings and all having a good meal together and laughing and um, I know me personally, sometimes like <clears throat> those things pop up and we're having some sort of thing. And in my mind, I'm like, oh, I don't really want to go. Like, I'm, I really need to, you know, work on this thing or work on this thing. Um, but every time I go, I'm always glad I ended up going because like Eddie said, it's it's a real refresher. Like you 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 you're you're reminiscing about. You know, things that happen in elementary school or, you know, that time you got a whooping or, you know, everyone has these stories and the stories that like you'll never forget stories that you can talk to your cousins about, that you can talk to your aunts and uncles about that, you know, they're, you know, these memories that are just planted in your head that, you know, always bring you joy. Like you instantly start laughing once something, you know, they bring those certain things up. Like, oh, you remember such and such? And I'm like, oh, man, that's hilarious. And y'all just all laughing. And then once you get back to work or once you get back to your regular life, you're just rejuvenated. So it's definitely good to, you know, hit those. It's just like hitting a reset button on the on the Super Nintendo. Yeah, I like that Nintendo analogy you gave. Mm-hmm. Speaking of that, I always whoop people's ass in Super Nintendo. <laughs> I was like the Super Nintendo God. I'm telling you, and, and the funny thing about it is, like, even that really takes you back in time. Yeah, times where you know before all these bills and before work and before all this extra adult shit, mm-hmm. you had a life where you just enjoyed your family. Yeah, you know, and that's important, man. Don't forget that. Yeah. You know, I don't care how far you get into life and you just like, I got to work. I got to work. Even if you're a family guy, yeah. and you're trying to work as much as you can to provide for your family. If they tell you that it's a slow day and can you go home, fucking go home. Yeah. Go home, man. Go home and pick your wife up yeah. from work early. Go take her to dinner and get your family, man, and hang out with them. Yeah. Because I know I know this much. 
obviously don't have a family, but if I did and, you know, I go hard for myself, but if I had a family, I'd go extra hard for them. Yeah. Every hour of work they would give me, I would stay and do it. But if it's a day where I'm like, man, I ain't took my wife nowhere in like a fucking year. Yeah. Or like, man, I ain't took my kids on a vacation. Mm-hmm. Like, man, I'm about to take a week off of work. I'm taking my family. We're going to go out and have a good time. Yeah. You know, just getting back to those roots, man. Because mm-hmm. you can start to forget, like, you can start to forget stuff about people when you don't see them enough. Yeah. I felt horrible when I seen my grandfather last because I hadn't been over his house in so long that he just had this look on his face like they was like genuinely, it's like they seen a ghost. Yeah. I was like, this ain't cool, man. Like, my grandfather is older. Mm-hmm. You know, my grandmother passed away years ago, over 10 years ago. And, you know, uh, my uncle's at the house with them, but this, it, he was shocked to see me. Yeah. And that made me feel just awful. Yeah. You know, so we got to do a better job of uh, keeping the consistency. Yeah. And, and, you know, being there not only for our families, but um, keeping ourselves in a state of why we do what we do. Mm-hmm. We do what we do because those roots we came from. You know, I mean, I'm sure Keith, whenever he's writing or doing whatever he's doing, that I mean, he has to be in a certain zone to do that. But I guarantee you when he stops writing and he goes and visits his family, you know, whether it be in Fresno area or whatever it is, I'm sure that that could help that could help him write even better. Yeah. Because now he took a break from everything that was just, you know, that he was so focused on and he got back to something that actually can contribute to what he's doing. Yeah. I know um, it, it almost ties back to what you, you're, you're talking about when your boy passed away. Oh, man. Because we don't know when, when anyone that we're related to is going to pass away. So I think we, we definitely need to do a better job of, you know, being, being more so connected, especially with people that are older than us. Like I had three, like I came into the world with three grandmas, like uh, great grandma. Um, on my dad's side, and then my his mom, and then my mom's grandma, and now I only have one grandma, which is my mom's mom. So it's like, you know, you never know when you know these people's life is are going to come to an end. So you you definitely want to be. Obviously, you don't. You know, we have to make a living. We have to live our life, but as 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 much as we can like Eddie said you know we want to connect with those those older people cuz that they they do genuinely care like my like I I don't have kids or a grandchild but I can see like my mom just picked up um uh her grandchild today or on for what on Friday after school and she's like genuinely excited to see her and you know they always go shopping and stuff like that and even like when I see my grandma She's always like uber excited to see me too, and you know it's always love. So, um, for both people, you know what I mean. You need to try to connect with, you know, those um, your roots in a sense. Yeah, you're gonna you're gonna have to, or you're gonna get lost in the sauce, as they say. Mm-hmm. You'll become one of those people that are so like, let's say you become extremely successful in whatever it is you do. Mm-hmm. And now you're like literally at the apex of your life, right? Mm-hmm. But you're around your whole, you create a whole new circle of people um, that don't know you. Mm-hmm. They know you as this successful person. But yeah. the only people that really know you are the people that raised you. 
mm-hmm. friends, family, those people. If you stray too far away from those that group, what's going to end up happening is is your life is just going to be like this this heavily fabricated. Like you're successful, but the people around you are only around you because of your success. Nobody's telling you when you're doing something dumb. Nobody's correcting that. Nobody's genuine with you like they should be. Mm-hmm. And it's like, bro, like I think the like for example, I think my best attribute is my struggle, man. Mm-hmm. And the people that I knew when I was struggling, I knew Keith very well when I was struggling. His brother very well. His mother, dad. He should have been a host of Everyday Struggle. Bruh. <laughs> man, I'm talking about people. I like being around people that knew me when I barely had gas to get to work. Yeah. Like like years ago, man, I was going through it. Mm-hmm. You know, times where I was so broke, you know, I had to uh, ride the city bus. Mm-hmm. You know, people that knew me back then, man, that had love for me, man. Them is the people I like being around now. Yeah. You know, it don't matter what I what I drive, where I work, what I make. I just like being around those people because they remind me of a of a, of a time where I may have not been doing so hot, but they was always genuine. Yeah. And getting back to your roots don't always got to be just family. It's just people that's been around mm-hmm. when things ain't been so hot, and they just kept that same energy mm-hmm. throughout life. Mm-hmm. That's important. Yeah. Yeah, I think. If we if we if we are mindful of that, we can we'll definitely uh, you can you can almost grow as a person. Like Eddie mentioned earlier about you know taking a break from writing to go see your family, or um, sometimes like I'll be writing like everything you write tends to be um, autobi- autobiographical or just art in general. General is autobiographical. Um, so if you're making a song, it's it's there are certain artists that um they don't release projects like they don't if if there's an artist you know and he's probably releasing music like you know he drops two albums every year he drops like 10 mixtapes every year that probably means he's lying in most of his tracks yeah because in order to create art you have to live life like that's why people like you know Kendrick Lamar can drop an album and then he'll go away for two years and then he'll come out with another album because yep. like he goes and lives life, he goes back to Compton. He's like, oh dang, like my grandma's still living in his house. Like you know, I can talk about this in a song, or you know, my sister's still going. My sister just got pregnant. Oh my gosh, like this is another song, and just like you know, all these little uh, stories kind of de- develop into you know a movie or an album or you know whatever the case may be. Um, so that that's kind of like you know, if you're an artist, like that's what you need. Like, I know people that, um, they'll, you know, especially people that live in LA, I think people that live in LA should do it even more so because you, you get stuck in this unrealistic bubble of a bunch of people just, you know, trying to get on or whatever the case may be. But the real, the real stories develop from, you know, going back and seeing your family, going back to your hometown in the middle, in the Midwest or, you know, in the middle of nowhere or, you know, in the Central Valley of California. So, yeah, just just take those trips for, for um, just to, just to have a story to tell. Yeah, I mean, ultimately, that's if you're an artist. 
But I mean, it, it translates differently from person to person. Mm-hmm. You know, obviously, I'm just a I'm a truck driver. I have a podcast, but mm-hmm. regardless of the fact, you know, we but still, this is a topic though. Yeah, going back to see your family is exactly. it, it just came it created a topic for our podcast. Exactly. So yeah. it all ties in. Mm-hmm. So yeah, that's actually a very profound point. Mm-hmm. Yeah. See, that's why I like having Keith around. <laughs> you know, I don't know, man. I, I just think what it is is it's always important to have somebody that shoots it to you straight. Mm-hmm. You know, um, and that's that's also getting back to your roots. I think if I went with like five, six years without being around Keith, that'd be horrible. Mm-hmm. Just because you know, there's some people that are hard to replace. Yeah, you know, you just don't find Keith walking around everywhere. <laughs> of course, you find black guys with glasses everywhere. <laughs> But it's like, that's not Keith. <laughs> you ever seen somebody that looked at you and you get mad? I mean, look, looked like you and you got mad? Oh. Sometimes I'll be, scro- be scrolling. I'll be scrolling through social media or I'll be, you know, in a live, I don't know, just out in the world. And I'll be like, damn, that nigga look like me. <laughs> what, is it, what, what does this look like? What, what's going on? Not, it's not like a, a look. Like he just physically looks like me. Like, he may have, um, like, features, like, oh, that could be my cousin, or, like, you know what I mean? So, kind of a dark black guy, wears hats, glasses. Yeah, yeah. I remember I seen the the craziest meme, and it was about, basically, it was saying, like, um, after, or this is what you got to do to get your gifts at Christmas time. And it was a skinny black dude chilling with this big white girl. (laughs) (laughs) but the black dude looked like me and i was like ah (laughs) how they get me in the meme like that oh man yeah i noticed that too a lot of skinny black guys be like in big white women dang i just be like dang how did that happen yeah like i feel it man it's just it's crazy man i see it a lot for some reason Mm mm-hmm Hey, hey, man, love is love, though, man. I, hey, everybody got their preference. Yeah. Some people don't like big black guys, so I'm out of the loop. Yeah. You know, they're like, you know what? I'd rather have Keith. You know? <laughs> I'd rather have the glasses. <laughs> <laughs> I don't like truck drivers. I like movie directors. <laughs> yeah, man. You think there's, yeah, there may be some sort of stigma attached to uh, truck drivers. I don't know, man. Truck drivers, like, there's no... At one time, there was, like, you know, a, a trucker, like... I don't know. It, there was, like, a truck culture. Yeah. Where, you know, it was really cool to be a truck driver. Yeah. But, like, now, like, that truck driving culture is dead. Like, truck drivers now look terrible. They fucking wear sweats and, like, sandals and they belly sticking out and they got mm-hmm. hot sauce and stains. All It's just, like, it's terrible. Yeah. Like I feel like I represent the truck culture well. Like I'm yeah. not I'm not in the greatest shape, but I'm in fairly good shape. Um, You're sloppy. Not all sloppy and shit. Mm-hmm. You know, I actually look look good at work. Mm-hmm. I, you know, I have good hygiene. Just present you pre- look presentable. Yeah. Mm-hmm. You know, not the typical truck driver with chili dog chili dog juice all over his fucking face and his yeah. shirt. Yeah. Yeah, man. So <laughs> hey, hey, if any of you girls out there, you know, you see me out there in my truck. Throw me a little honk or something. I'll, mm-hmm. I'll blow my air horn for you. 
He'll toot it and boot it for you. Yeah, I'll I, I blow my air horn for you. Hopefully, you'll blow something else. Oh, my God. <laughs> that got nasty no, quick. No. <laughs> <laughs> oh, oh, man. And the freak of the week goes to... <laughs> what cracked me up, man, is uh, is a DJ that was on here. That guy like said little funny stuff. That yeah. I, I didn't I didn't catch it till I listened to the actual episode. Yeah, he said something like uh, about how when you go with your uh, you go over your it'd be like your white friends. You'll go to like a party or like mm-hmm. a, a gathering, and there's chicken available, right? I, I was laughing at that. Just the word choice. Yeah, I was busting up, but it's, it's something he said to the energy of like he's like. Man, it's like when they got the fruit platter all out, and I be seeing that watermelon, I just go straight for the grapes. Like, I was just busting up. I don't get how black, like, how do black people get blamed for watermelon? How did that yeah. get on us? I can't front. I be eating watermelon all the time. I know, but it's like watermelon's good. I th- I was talking to um to Giovanni. Shout out to Giovanni. Oh, okay, and He's a great guy. Yeah, I was telling him. I was like, the reason why. Watermelon is so good and so nourishing is that it's like ninety five percent water. Yeah. So in the summertime, you're always dehydrated. You're sweating, you know, a lot more than normal. Just eating a watermelon is just like super refreshing. Yeah. So it's like, you know, what I'm saying, Ain't nothing wrong with getting a little hydrated. Yeah. You know what though? Uh, one thing's for sure. Watermelon. <laughs> This guy Um, Watermelon Is like What's crazy about it I can't eat watermelon If it hasn't been In the refrigerator Yeah Some people just get A hot watermelon And start eating it People be eating Hot watermelon Yeah That sounds crazy They're like This this is good right here (laughs) And do you Do you like seedless Or with seeds Um I don't really have a preference. It's easier to eat without seeds, but at the same time, if it's good, I'll just spit the seeds out. I'll just be eating the seeds. Like, you be mm, eating the mm, seeds? Mm, mm. I hope another watermelon just grow inside my stomach. Fuck it. <laughs> <laughs> I've seen it coming, and it was still comedy. You're going to start taking uh, pregnancy pictures, but it's really just a watermelon growing inside you. <laughs> You know, girls, we're giving an update every week. Like, this oh is like, my god, this is week 13. Week 13. I be feeling like by the time they had a baby, I be feeling like I owe child support. <laughs> I'm like, I watch you fucking have this kid. God. I know every step of the way. Man. God dang, I seen the pictures. And like, my it'd be like, and it's like uh, Facebook gives like these updates. It'll say, like, my baby is the size of a pear now. Or Dang. something, and I'd be like, "Oh, that's good," you know. That's it, cool. And I know it sounds kind of fucked up. But it's like, damn, I don't expect anyone to care that much about what I'm doing, regardless yeah. of what it is. You know, it, they be having those little, um, the 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 pic, like the 3D image pictures or whatever. Oh yeah, like oh my gosh, I can see his face. The baby be ugly. Uh, yeah, nobody's gonna admit to seeing an ugly baby. Yeah, we've all seen one before. If my baby is ugly, I'll admit it, man. I'll be like, man, hopefully there's still hope for this guy a couple years from now. <laughs> Some ugly babies be turning out to be cool. Yeah. Ain't nothing, yeah. Ain't nothing wrong with being an ugly baby. Yeah. You know? Yeah. When you get, you know, you kind of grow into it. Mm-hmm. Like today, not going to say any names, there was this chick that had a huge crush on me back in the day, right? Yeah. And I was never really attracted to her like that. And I'm, I'm not like, I'm just, just. She looked like Taylor Rook, too. Who was that? 
that um I'll show you a picture. Well, go Google Taylor Rook. She's sexy. There's this. Well, she don't really look like her, but she's nah. sexy. I don't know what it is, anyways, man. <laughs> stop, stop interrupting me. All right. <laughs> nah, but but she, then again, she, I'm just playing. Nah, <laughs> 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 no, nah, but she's pretty. She wasn't. She's never been ugly, but she just never was my cup of tea. And she used to always be trying to like hit on me and stuff, and I'd be like, oh, whatever, whatever. Mm-hmm. Man, I seen a picture of her on Instagram today. She is fine as wine. Yeah. She she like she thirty three, but she like I don't know. She what are the, she like a, a black don't crack thirty three. Yeah. <laughs> black does crack, by the way. It does crack. Yeah. When you do crack <laughs> or any other drug. <laughs> yeah. I've seen it crack a couple times. Yeah, man. Mm-hmm. Good times, man. Good times. But you know what? Hey, what can you do? Yeah, I think I think there's something to that though. Like, if there is, we're old now, and most of our listeners are pretty old. But mm, how old are we talking? Not old, not old. I mean, like above eighteen. Oh, okay. Yeah. yeah. So um, it's too late to like you know they don't go through that maturation. Like yeah. you'll like when you hit eighteen, you'll probably look like how you'll look for the rest of your life. Mm. <clears throat> Not really. You're, I'm saying you're not going through. Stop disagreeing with me, man. And let me get to my point. <laughs> no, I don't think so. <laughs> what I'm saying is like, you know, you the girl you used to like back in the day, you know, I don't know. When did you meet this girl? Oh, man. Junior high. Yeah, junior high. So, you know, um, after you, you know, once you hit 18, there's not going to be that same sort of thing. Like, you was dissing a girl at 18, and then once she hit, like, 35, all of a sudden she's going to turn into, like, Holly Berry or something. <clears throat> yeah, I feel you. Yeah. I feel so, you. like, what I'm saying is, you know, just preach this to your kids if you're out there. Be nice to the girls that, like, are, like, on the borderline of attractive. Oh, man. Because, you know what I'm saying? There's there's a glow up period that may happen, and you don't want those kids to be bullying the the girl that they didn't find attractive, and then all of a sudden she turns into like the sexiest girl alive. Man, you got a hell of a point. Because what happens is is all the pretty girls in high school they get older and they just think they're hot and they always get fat. They get pregnant they and they get, get fat. They get hella fat, and then after they fat, they still think they hot in their mind for some mm-hmm. reason. But then it's the chick that was never getting all the attention. Yeah. And they get, they work on themselves. They skin be nice. They mm-hmm. get a good job. Mm-hmm. And then you they see, using them YouTube tutorials to oh, get their skin right. Man, they everything on fleek. They on body, Pinterest. Man, they get their body right. Their mm-hmm. eyebrows is on fleek. Everything's mm-hmm. on point. And then that's when I drive in the DMs. <laughs> <laughs> man, I'm not afraid to admit that. Yeah, you, I mean, you got to shoot your shot. I've definitely yeah. been in many girls' DMs, definitely. Especially if it's, um, if it's based off of something funny that they posted. That's just an easy way in. Like, you, you just laugh at whatever you, they posted. You, you know what? Like, my thing is, I don't, I, look, I'm not going to hide from it. Let's say some chick was like, yeah, you were in my DMs. I'd be like, yeah. I was, of course. Of course. I was That's trying what to, they're for. Yeah. I was trying to hit that. <laughs> but you, you turned me down So it's alright I'm not mad But you know what Hey Life goes on right 
That's why we got a thousand listeners on SoundCloud. Yeah, that's awesome, man. It's, yeah. no, it's way more than that now. Yeah. Yeah, I appreciate it. Sometimes yeah. I, we don't check it all. I haven't checked it, but we yeah. do. We do definitely check to see, you know, the the uh, the amount of listeners. Yeah, and it's it's going up uh, pretty. I won't say super fast, but pretty fast. Yeah. So I appreciate everybody mm-hmm. taking out the time to listen to the podcast. Yeah, it's always to, love, man. It's I think love. I seen I just seen a video of J Cole after his concert. He just went out and shook um, a bunch of fans' hands that were just kind of waiting outside. And I was like, dang, man, like, that humility goes a long way. Yeah. Like, that's part of the reason why people are, I don't say they're infatuated with J. Cole, but they're such huge fans of him. And every time his music drop or his tours go out, like, they always show support just because of that, you know, humility. So if we can even, you know, kind of have a pinch of that, I think we'll be good. And I think, you know, with J. Cole, he's got people up his ass all day, mm-hmm. uh, you know, managers and all of this shit. So I know he was tired mentally. Yeah. I know he was tired. You do it like, he, I'm sure his set is like an hour and a half. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Not, not just from the set, just mentally. Yeah. I'm saying add it yeah. on to like exactly. that. Yeah. So for somebody to go out and do that, that's a big deal. Because to mm-hmm. be honest, I can't say I would do that. Yeah. I mean, I would try. I'd be like, you know what? Next show, I'm going to go out there. I'm going to do this. Mm-hmm. But this dude is constantly. There's a chick that from here in Bakersfield that took her son to the concert and has pictures with J. Cole. That's crazy. Yeah. Mm-hmm. I'll show you after here in a minute. But, That's dope. Yeah. You got pictures with J. Cole and a, a Kodak Black. Oh, okay. And I'm That's like, cool. wow. Like, yeah. That's pretty cool. Kodak Black looked like he didn't want to take the picture. He's like, what's going on? Did he get, is the Kodak back a little, Black a little fatter now? Yeah, he a little fatter. Got a little man. chunk. Okay. That's a crazy. How do you get fatter when you go, get out of jail? Like fresh out of jail. How do you, you are you bigger? When you rich, they probably was giving him KFC in there. Dang. You a rapper too? You like, yeah, give me some of that little little biscuits, man. Put some honey on that. He getting conjugal visits and honey buns. He like, give me a blowjob in the in the chicken the chicken burger. Uh. <laughs> <laughs> give me a blowjob in the chicken sandwich. <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, man, you, you know, those celebrities in there, they get special treatment for sure. Yeah, you know, this is just off the, this is way out of line, just off topic. Mm-hmm. But I was talking to somebody who got the best biscuits, and they said, and it was between Popeyes, KFC, and churches, and churches is blowing everybody out the water. Churches biscuits is fire. It's like, how, bro? They, they, they are so good. And they got honey on them. That, yeah, that's oh. what set it off. That little bit of honey on top. It's like, man, it's like they took like a, it's like they took a beehive and then they just like put the beehive on top of the bread and then they cooked it. That's how good it tastes. Yeah. It's like flour, like a little bit of water, a little bit of honey, and then they just snatch a piece of heaven out and then they just sprinkle it on at the top. They be like, ah. (laughs) (laughs) Throw the biscuits in there. That chicken is like, ah. Their chicken is cheap, and it tastes, you know, it tastes like that. But, you know what I mean? If you are low on funds, handle it. If you low on funds and you down to catch some diabetes, then, you know, you'll definitely, you'll fuck with church's chicken. I ain't going to front. When I was in school, I was eating church's chicken all the time. Really? Yeah. Shout out to, to, to my African homie, TJ, who was in that thing eating chicken. What? Really? Yeah. Wow. Faithfully. Yeah, they got a, a new place coming to Bakersfield called Raising Canes. Raising Canes? Yeah, I guess it's a chicken spot. Yeah. But it's it's they're making it right next to uh, uh, Buffalo Wild Wings off of coffee. 
I don't like businesses that sound like that. Raising canes. I mean, uh, uh, this is probably sound real like southern. I, I mean, that. Hey, well, hey, nobody cares. All right, now, like I was saying. <laughs> <laughs> Speaking of watermelon, I have this watermelon juice. It's pretty good. What? Is, where is it from? Um, like what company? I don't know what it's called. It's a bunch of words on here, and it doesn't. This is poor graphic design because I don't know what the. You can't name. even read it. What the fuck yeah, is that? It says watermelon water plus lemon. So. What's yeah, on? What's the ingredient? How many? How many grams of sugar on the back? Um, twelve. Wow, that's not that, but that's a small bottle. Yeah, it's like a shot. Was that ninety nine cent? No, no, You're definitely ninety. It's like three dollars. Damn, yeah, Keith is really no sugar added. But the, do they don't they calculate? Um, there's a lot of like natural sugars yeah. and added sugars. So watermelon is like ninety two percent. Water and like eight percent sugar. Yeah, but yeah, the fruit in general is sugary. Yeah, mm-hmm. it's natural sugars, but it's still sugar. Yeah. So if you're a person that say, "Oh, I eat free fruit four times a day," you need to cut that shit back because mm-hmm. that's a lot of fucking sugar. Yeah. And if you drink juice in general, that's bad. Honestly, juice mm-hmm. is great. Don't get me wrong; it tastes great, but it's horrible for you. Yeah. People are gonna say, "Eddie, you don't know what you're talking about." D- go ahead and look it up. If you're on a diet, you cannot drink juice. Mm-hmm. It has to be water or water or water mm-hmm. or, mm-hmm. <laughs> or a vitamin water is cool, but it has to be a vitamin water zero. Mm-hmm. You can't be the ones with all the sugar and calories in it. Yeah. Yep. That's real. Yeah, man. Well, uh, it's looking like we're coming to an end here. Mm-hmm. Uh, me and Keith both got these looks on our face like, man, we ain't got nothing else. So it's time to cut it down. looking like lost out here. Yeah. I think uh, what happened was we didn't have a third guest. Ah, you know what? Me and Keith have been so accustomed to having guests on lately. Yeah. Yeah, We're we're good. Don't get me wrong. But like having that third wheel there, it's just always just. It's like I think I think we the first like four months we were just by ourselves and we had like like uh, we were just used to it. Exactly. And then it took a little bit used to get in the third person on, on here. Yeah. And we did that for like four weeks straight. Bruh. And then we're now we're getting back to it. It's like, dang, I don't even like talking to Eddie like that. I don't even know what to say. Cold. It's a cold world. So the next show uh, I'll be doing by myself. It's going to be like Stephen A. Smith just yelling at himself. Oh, that'd be the worst one. <laughs> Making up a fake Keith voice like, no, nah, I don't agree with that. But what's wrong? What's the problem? I don't agree with that. What's going on? I mean, you're mad at me, Eddie, but I don't get it. He said, what's going on? What's the problem? Because <laughs> <laughs> Keith, Keith has that really, like, smart guy voice. It's like... It's like it's er- real nasally. Uh, <laughs> I what's going on? What's the problem? <laughs> It's like it's like Urkel-ish. <laughs> it's the go-to voice, like whenever someone tries to be like a smart guy. Yeah, like you got to scrunch up your face like this. What's going on? What's the problem? I had a couple of people. A couple of people asked me. They were like, "Is Keith black?" Ah, I was, <laughs> I was like, I don't know. <laughs> 
You know what? Screw you. Oh, man. Well, you know what? I'm only black from the waist down. <laughs> All right, folks. Well, that's going to be it for our show this week. All right. Well, if we got nothing else to talk about, yeah, we're going to we're gonna go ahead and close it down. We mm-hmm. want to appreciate all of our listeners. That number's going up because yeah. of you guys. Mm-hmm. And uh, that's about it. Thanks for listening. You've been listening to a Trucker's Mind podcast. I'm Eddie McGee. It's your boy, K. Fings. Peace. Later.